Thank you, worship. Overwhelming, reckless love of God. We're going to uh, stay standing uh, for the reading in God's word, but first I'm going to pray. Thanks, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, we are overwhelmed by your love for us, your mercy, your grace. Father, uh, we thank you that we could be here to worship you and to hear from you as we open up this word. And Father, we just come before you knowing that we desperately need you. We need your guidance. We need your help. We need you in our lives. Father, so we come this morning thanking you and praising you. And as we open up this word, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would help us to know and to understand you better. Father, I know that um, you have a plan and purpose for each of us, and, and it's through your word that you communicate, Lord. So we just trust you this morning as we come before you, as we bow before your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, stay standing while I read, and then you guys could sit, okay? Or you could sit if you want. It's okay. There's no, no hard rule here. We're in Psalm 107. Now I want to read, um, starting in verse 10. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. You guys could sit. Every year, we take a team to the Dominican Republic, and this year, this, these are some of the kids that will be going, and we go there to serve and to do whatever the Lord wants us to do, and every year, the kids pick a theme. So this year, the theme they picked was out of Psalm 107, verse 14. It says, breaking the chains of darkness, and that's the little bracelets that you see we'll be wearing. Um, so as I was reading through and meditating through the scripture, I was thinking back, and I remember a time when I was a youngin living in Mexico between the ages of 7 and 11. And, and I remember a buddy of mine, we used to walk down the block and we'd go down. There's a little corner store, a little market. We'd buy all sorts of little things, little candies and all that kind of stuff you do when you're a kid. And there was just one um, store at the end on one of the corners, and it was like a little ice cream shop. And in Mexico, they call them paleterias, which just really means uh, little ice cream bars. And they're really made out of like fresh fruit and they were just like coconut and lemon and all these delicious things. So we'd go down there. It was a hot summer day. Uh, we went down there. We got our paletas and uh, we were eating those. And, and on the way back, um, we're walking back and we're going past this building. It was like a six-story building. And, you know, we're seven, between seven and 11. I'm probably 10 years old, I'm thinking. So what would you do? You're two 10-year-old boys and you have a building with six stories. Let's go in, right? So, so we walked into the building and, and there was really nobody in there, which was kind of fun and amazing. So we saw an elevator, which was even funner and more amazing. So we decided that we were going to take some rides up and down in the elevator, because why wouldn't you, right? So we go into the building, we get in the elevator, and we start riding up and down and up and down. And then all of a sudden, on one of our ways down, it stops. The lights go out. 
and we're trapped. And I remember that feeling, being stuck in an elevator, and, and me and my friend were like starting to yell, you know, like in Spanish, trying to yell for help. We're yelling for help, yelling for help. Nobody's coming. It's hot. It's a summer day. It's not air conditioned. And we're just feeling the suffocating scenario inside there. And, and after what seemed like probably a couple hours to me, but it probably wasn't, but um, it felt like it, the firemen come. And they, they bring us out of the elevator, they release us, and we were out. But I remember still to this day that feeling, the, the darkness inside that elevator. They didn't have emergency lights. This was back in, like, I don't know, like late 70s. So there was no emergency lights. There was no emergency alarm button. There was just nothing. And, and I remember that feeling of, of sitting in darkness or being in darkness and then just being overwhelmed and trapped and suffocated. Well, here the psalm is referring to those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction in irons, bound in affliction in irons. And, and, and as I was reading this scripture, I want to just give you a little bit of the historical background so you kind of know in context where this scripture was coming from um, before we lead into any kind of application. But, but this was a psalm that most scholars believe is referring to the time that Israel, the nation, was in captivity um, by the Assyrians in Babylon. And they found themselves in captivity in Babylon because they had done something very specific. They had turned away from their God. They had turned away from him. And and if you recall in, in, in the book of Joshua, when Joshua was leading his people into the promised land, as he's leading them in, he's, he's also um, encouraging them and he's admonishing them and he's saying that, that basically, listen, when you get into that land, when you get to the place that I promised to you where it's going to be flowing with milk and honey, when I, when I get you there, right, when God gets them there, he said, listen, don't forget. Don't forget who got you here. And we know the story of the nation of Israel um, they went into the land. At times they served him, at times they did not. And ultimately they did forget. They intermarried, they started worshiping pagan um, gods. And next thing you know, judgment comes upon them and they're taken into captivity. And they spend 70 years in Babylon. And um, what, what most of the scholars believe is that this psalm takes place with that concept or that idea in mind. As the nation of Israel had turned away from God, had, as they had rejected him, they were taken into captivity, and this kind of recounts the story of it. So I want to go through this text and through the scriptures here. So let's look up um, right into verse 10. And it says that, that those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction in irons. Now, I, I don't know if you, I want you guys to picture this. I want you to like just submerge yourself and feel this for a moment. Imagine being surrounded by darkness, bound, bound by afflictions and irons. Just bound by afflictions and irons. Um, how many of you guys experienced Christmas this year? So that should be everybody, right? Put your hands up. Okay, participation. Uh, how many of you guys know the story of Scrooge? Okay, so here's the story of Scrooge. There's that scene where, where Marley comes to him, and what is Marley bound up in? 
shackles and chains and he comes to him and he talks to Ebenezer and he tells him about the chains and what the chains represent and that these chains and his Ebenezer's are going to be like even longer apparently because he had seven more years of doing the bad things that he was doing but here Marley is kind of bound up in chains of his own making he's bound up in chains because of his actions because of his activities so he's trapped right he's trapped here the scripture says, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons. He's talking about the nation of Israel here. And, and, and it wasn't because God said, hey, let's just bound you up, right? It's time to put shackles on you, right? There was something that they did. There was something specific that they did. It was not for no reason that they found themselves in this situation. And this is what the scripture says. Those who sat in darkness in the shadow of death, bound in affliction in irons, because they rebelled against the words of God. Because they rebelled against the words of God. See, they had the word of God. They had the word of God. Maybe not in its completion like we have, but they had the word of God. It had been given to them by Moses. It had been given to them by the prophets. They knew God's desire they knew god's word they knew what god expected and required of them and yet they rebelled against the word of god and i just want to take that moment just for a minute to talk about the word of god itself we have it in its completion right but listen i don't know we get a pass on this i mean oftentimes we rebel against his word we know what god's word says we know what he expects of us and yet, oftentimes, we turn away from it. But listen, we have the completion of the Word of God. It's so important for us to be attending to this every day, to hear from Him, to see what His will is, to see what His plan is, to help us, to guide us. It's a light. It's a lamp, right? But how often do we neglect this, right? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I don't want to raise my hand either, all right? But um, how oftentimes we don't go to this Word as we should. We don't use it as God intended it, that we would understand and know him better. Right here, the nation of Israel knew the word of God. They had been taught in the word of God, and it says that they rebelled against it. But not only did they rebel, the Bible says, they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. They despise the counsel of the Most High God. Can you imagine? Here's the, here's, here's the nation of Israel who saw God deliver them time and time again. The stories that they heard from their forefathers of wilderness travel and God leading them and guiding them and providing them food, anything they needed, the Most High God would give them as they served him. And yet here, generations apart, they despised the counsel of the Most High. Right? That blows me away. It really does when I think about it. And I think about even our generations now, like us at times. Right? The reality of God isn't always present in our hearts and in our minds because we do like to go our own way so often. Right? But the Word of God has counsel for us. Why are we not to live like that? Right? We're not to live like that. And the Bible is this beautiful picture, an example. God gives us this book, 
And, and he gives us these wonderful historical accounts of events so that we would learn from them, so that we wouldn't follow in the same trap as they did, that we would be encouraged by them, that we would live with hope, right? Uh, and here we see they despise the counsel of the Most High. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. This is what they did. This is what they did, right? This is what the nation of Israel did. Now we see what God does. Therefore, he, God, brought down their heart with labor. He brought down their heart with labor. That, that, that signifies, when you look at the, the, the definition and context, he humbled them. He had to take them. He had to subdue them. He had to say, okay, guys, enough. Stop messing around. Stop rebelling, rejecting my word. Stop it. So he takes them and he humbles them and he puts them in, into bondage. He makes them slaves. And they live under that oppression for 70 years because of their actions, because of what they did. They didn't have to be there. They were put there because of what they did. It says, therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. Now, I want you to think of this. It's not that God was punishing the nation and saying, hey, you guys messed up. I'm through with you. You're punished. That's not at all what he was doing. He was bringing them into submission. He was subduing them for a purpose and for a plan, which ultimately was to raise them up again, right? That was his mercy. That was his grace. Because look what happens to them. He brought down their hearts with labor, so they fell down. And there was no one to help. See, it, he took them to the very end of themselves. They, they were at feeling self-sufficient, I assume, from that text. We talk about the scriptures always show a, a weakness in mankind. Here, they must have been feeling they can do this on their own. They're self-sufficient. They're going to worship whatever they want. They don't really need him. So he takes them to a place where they fall down. They have nowhere to go and no one to help them. No resources of their own. No resources of their own. So, so what happens? Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was no one to help. Then, then, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. So at that point, they're in bondage. They're in slavery. They're being brought down. They have no resources of their own. So finally, finally, they fall down on their knees. They submit. Right? And what do they do? They cry out to God. They cry out to him. And what does he do? See, look at this. This is beautiful because the whole thing was in this picture. They cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. You see, when you look at this, we see a very, very, very interesting picture of what man did, what the nation of Israel did, their actions, and then 
the response of God. The response of God. Because when you look at their actions, it says, they sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. They rebelled against the words of God. They despised the counsel of the Most High. They fell down. They cried out. Then God's response to man. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness. And he broke the chains in pieces. What a beautiful picture of mercy. Did the nation of Israel deserve that mercy? They were all about adultery. They were all about, as the scriptures teach, chasing after other gods, rejecting the one true God. Really, you know, thank God I'm not him, right? That I'm not God, because I would have been so angry, right? I think any of us would have. We would have said, get out of here, and we would have just snuffed them out, right? That continual rebellion. But that's not who our God is. Our God is merciful. He loves us. No matter how many times we drift away from him, he still loves us, right? We may go through afflictions. We may go through trials. We may go through trouble sometimes, but he still never abandons us. And he's always about drawing us back to himself because he loves us. He loves us. He's not so concerned with with, with what's going on in our lives. He's more concerned with our heart, right? Because he loves us. So we see this picture here. In, in the nation of Israel and what it's um, going through. So, so how do we apply this? Well, I was thinking about this idea and, and, and the concept of those who sit in darkness. You know, this was a historical picture of the nation of Israel. But I don't know, are people sitting in darkness today? Of course they are. You know, I was driving back um, somewhere the other day, and it just struck me to think and to look around how much darkness exists right? And how much darkness exists? And it's like this picture, like mankind is sitting in darkness, bound, bound, shackled by it, shackled by it, and they don't even realize it. They don't even recognize it. They can't see it. When we're going to go down to the Dominican, one of the things that we do down there is we spend some time um, the first weekend ministering in a, a community for a concert called Unidos por él, which is United for Him, which I've mentioned before is this counter to the carnival. The carnival in the Dominican is a very dark festival, um, primarily because it's actually uh, a festival that's given up to demons, which is kind of interesting, right? It's, it's a festival to demons, the carnival. So people dress in costumes like demons, and, 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 and in the streets they have these little cabins that they build, um, each with a name, they're called cuevas or caves, each with the name of a demon, that people will go into the cueva at night to drink and party and do all these crazy things in honor of these demons. Now, I, I don't know if every single person who walks in there says, hey, I want to worship this demon, right? But the culture around it was established for that. And it's a very, very dark time, a lot of violence in the community, Lots of drinking, lots of things that, that, that really um, allow the perpetration of additional evil um, all during the month of February. So there's darkness down there. But that, that darkness that shackles mankind isn't just found in the Dominican, is it? I mean, we find it here in our communities, in our neighborhoods. 
we have family and friend that are bound up like that. Um, back in the years, I remember a show called um, Unshackled. Whoever heard Unshackled? At that intro song, right? All those noises. And, and they tell stories, right? And they were beautiful. They would tell stories, story after story of lives that are unshackled from the bondage of sin, rescued out of darkness, out of the shadow of death by the glorious gospel message, right? The glorious gospel message, unshackled. That's what unshackles mankind is the gospel, right? What is the gospel? The gospel, simple, clear, right? God sent his only son. He sent his only son because he loved mankind, right? The scriptures teach us that. For God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died, right? That means all of us who know him as Lord and Savior, while we were still sinners, he loved us and he called us unto himself, right? The beauty of of, of the release from that bondage of sin, that burden of sin that mankind carries on their shoulders, freed because of the blood of Jesus Christ, Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Every single man, woman on this earth can claim that because of his love. None of us, right? None of us deserved it. None of us deserved it. None of us could be good enough. And we know our past, right? Most of us know our past. Some of you younger guys maybe don't have as much of a past as we did, but... The reality is none of us deserve this. He freely gives it to us because he loved us. He shed his blood for us. And then he just calls us to serve him, right? What an exchange, right? What an exchange. Hey, listen, I will free you from the bondage of sin, he says, and I will save you, but you'll be mine, right? But then you'll have eternity in my presence to worship me and to praise me, right? Or you could go your own way and rebel like the nation of Israel did. So, Um, The beautiful thing about the gospel message is that it's available for all of us. It's available for every single one of us. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, hey, the gospel message is for you too. You can be free. You may not even know you're sitting in darkness. But I can tell you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you are. Your eyes are closed. Your heart is veiled. Your ears are stopped. But the gospel message, his love for you If you would just turn from your ways, if you would just turn from your sin, he would forgive you and he would save your soul for eternity. And you would ever, for eternity, have a place with him in heaven because he loves you. So if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, um, consider what he did for you. And and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But besides the, the, the presence of the gospel, when we go to the Dominican, how do we deal with this? How do we present the gospel? Well, um, oftentimes we have an opportunity to share, um, to preach the word. Um, but a lot of times, because we're dealing with teens um, and young adults, they're ministering to a lot of families and children. And they do that through human videos. They do that through skits. They do that through worship, through music. Um, we do that when we come alongside different programs. Um, one of the programs, like Michelle's talking about, um, Levada, how we've supported Levada over the years, and we've had trips to Levada to work with the kids. Um, that's an expression of God's love, a way to share the gospel, a way to show them tangibly that God loves them and to share that expression of love with them. 
through supporting them at Levada. Um, one thing that you, here at IBC that you guys have done, which has been really a blessing and amazing, is you've been supporting a feeding program at uh, church, Pastor Alex's church. When we first started uh, supporting that feeding program, um, it's, it was started with funds from IBC, from generous people here at IBC, and they were feeding 41 children, and they feed them, little Haitian kids, they feed them one meal a day. That was going on, that started four years ago, I believe. Now they're up to 81 kids. So they have 81 children that are being fed daily. Um, and that really is on large part by the donations from you guys here at IBC. It's a ministry that I really appreciate that you guys have supported and that you've taken it on. And I know Pastor Alex and the kids down there also um, incredibly appreciate the love that's coming from here and keeping those little guys fed. So um, again, thank you for that. Um, at the end of the service, I know I always ask you guys for some. Sometimes I feel horrible doing this, but I'm going to ask you again. Um, if you would like to, to participate in donating towards that ministry and that feeding program to keep it going for another year, at the end of the service, um, the ushers, ushers, do I see an usher? Any ushers? Um, a couple of ushers and Mike, Mayro, so there, Mike. And James, okay. Um, at the end of the service, they'll have the little dishes out. And if you guys feel compelled to donate towards the feeding program, please do so. Don't feel forced to. Um, if God puts it on your heart, that would be awesome, okay? Um, same thing with the baby bottles. That's a way that we could tangibly um, show the gospel of grace to people, that we have opportunities to show them how much God loves them, okay? So that's um, another opportunity there. So ultimately... Um, I was telling Pastor Mikey um, this morning, as I was preparing for this message, I didn't really know where I wanted to go with this, I'll be honest with you guys. I really struggled all week um, trying to figure out where to go. Uh, as Mike said, there's, there's, a, there's a general heaviness, um, at least on my heart this week, um, with everything that's been going on. So um, what I do thank God is that He is merciful, He is gracious, He is loving, He is kind. He is good, and we have hope. And we have hope, right? And, and, and if anything we could get from something like this, from looking at the nation of Israel, um, guys, let's not be like them, right? I mean, listen, we have the word of God. It's so easy for us to get distracted with the things of life, right? So easy to get distracted with doing our own thing and going our own way. And yet, he shows us that he has a plan. He has a purpose. And it's all about bringing him glory, right? Every single one of our lives is about bringing him honor and bringing him glory, that he would be worshiped, right? And that others that are in darkness, right? Others that are in darkness would have that opportunity to come to him, to have those shackles removed like we have. Listen, we're walking around shackleless and chainless. We're not like Marley or, or Scrooge, right? So, but are we just supposed to be walking around like this, all unshackled, saying, yeah, praise God, I'm unshackled. What about those who are shackled? What about those who are dying daily that can't get out of their own way, right? And we can't get out of our own way to share the gospel message, right? So we receive it, we take it, we're thankful, and we go to heaven. Yeah, well, praise God for that. But that's not what we're called to, is it? We're called to be a witness. We're called to be a light in darkness. We're called to be hope. We're called to be hope. So, so if anything, as, as we close this morning, I'll do a quick recap here, but, but ultimately, uh, I guess I want to just encourage us to be a light, 
to go out there. When we leave here today, don't leave the same way we came in, right? Let's leave with a greater burden. Let's leave with a greater commitment to him, right? Let's do business with God, right? That's why we come, right? We don't come to hear this crazy man speak, right? We don't just come to watch people sing and then go home and have a pizza. It's really not what this is about. We come together as a body of believers that we would be encouraged, that we would be equipped, that we would be strengthened for the week, that we would go out there and make a difference, not just to go out there and come back next week, right? It's not about that, all right? So um, I want the worship team to come up, guys, okay? I'm going to want you guys to come up here, and this song, this is actually one of my favorite worship songs that they're going to bring before the Lord, and listen, I want us to worship, right? We're here, right? We're here for him. We're not here for us. We're here for him. We're all together in this, right? Right, the pastors, the deacons, the the congregation. We're here to make an incredible, beautiful, worshipful song to our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords that he would be pleased, that he would hear it, that he would be exalted, that he would be magnified. So let's do that at this last song. Let's stand, let's worship to him, not to each other, not to watch these kids, right? As much as I love watching them, but to look to our king and pour out our heart. If there's something in your life that's keeping you from pouring yourself out to God, get rid of it, cast it aside, Throw it away. God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. If you're living for yourself, stop it. Start living for him. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, then submit to him. Submit to his lordship today. If you don't know how to do that, talk to one of us. We'll show you how to accept Christ as your savior, that you could have a new life, right? But let's not leave this place the same. Let's spend this last moments in worship really before his throne of grace, Just close your eyes. Don't look around. Just go before the King of Kings and let's please him. Let's please him with our worship. If you want to come to the front, come to the front, right? I don't compel you guys have to do that. If you want to, do it. If you don't, that's okay, right? But spend this time, this last song, meditate on the words as you sing them out to him and let's sing to him, right? Let's let him hear our voices. Let him be looking down on Emmanuel Bible Church today and just smile ear to ear because the worship that we have for him, okay? So let's do it.